are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are the number one daily sports podcast network. Brian Peacock, your host. We're breaking down the defensive backs today. My guest, former professional defensive back, Eric Crocker, to help me out. We're going to take a look at the roster, who we think is going to make the team, how things might shake out depth chart wise. Get some of Eric's expert scouting reports on some of the players on the 49ers roster and the prospects going forward. And if we have time, maybe dip into the wide receivers just a little bit because there has been some disagreement on Twitter with fans that are that are itching to see some competition happen. So we'll get into that with Eric in just one second. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review this podcast. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the new Himalaya podcast app. We are everywhere that you find your podcasts you can find me on Twitter at BDPeacock. That's the best place to get a hold of me. You can also email the show, LockedOn49ers at Gmail. And go to LockedOn49ers.com. You can find the podcast there. You can find where to subscribe there. And you can also find the newest article by Chris Wilson, breaking down nuances of the 49ers' new wide nine front. And now let's bring on today's guest. My guest today is Eric Crocker. You know him from his numerous appearances here on the show. Love talking ball with Eric Crocker, Niners fan, former NFL and AFL defensive back. And he has his own podcast, Press Coverage Pod, breaking down uh, the defensive backs and wide receivers around NFL, college football. And that's a must listen. So check out that podcast and find him on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker. Eric, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, always a pleasure chatting with you. And uh, the last position group here is the the cornerbacks and the safeties that I've been previewing all summer long, kind of off and on. And I definitely wanted to have you on to talk cornerbacks. And I know there is there's one player in particular I think that that gets bad mouthed a lot. I think on Twitter and other places, and fans don't know what to think about Akello Witherspoon. And you've been someone who's sort of stood up for him and been like, yeah, you know what, he hasn't played that bad. And I can see the talent, and I can see where he might be able to get to. Uh, I want to start with that and start with Akella Witherspoon. What's your overall feelings about him as a player, and where do you think he can be, and do you think he can find that consistency this year? Yeah, you know, he he he's had his moments. Um, I, I think that there have been times where his play, it, it looks worse than what it really is. You know, so there, there have been times where I felt like safeties were supposed to be doing a certain thing, and they didn't do their job. And with them not doing their job, it made him look really bad. Um, I, I felt like that happened several times last year, a few times resulting in touchdowns. Um, so that, that that was that was one issue. And then um, you know, outside of that, I think you know he definitely had a bad Lions game. Um, no excuses there. I, I know he was banged up, but if you're on the field, like you're on the field, that that's all people know. So if you're on the field, you're healthy enough to play. Um, you, you're out there, and I, I know that was his worst game by far. Um, outside of that, I thought he was solid. Um, I, I thought he had pretty solid coverage. I I never looked at him as just some type of lockdown CB one, but as far as a you know a solid starter, especially if you can kind of shore up some things around him with the safety play, and now you have a better pass rush. I think he he should be just fine. I, I don't think that he's an issue at all. Yeah, I think was it the Giants game where he got beat for the touchdown, and then it was just a bad look. And I think it, I think 
fans just remember, especially when it's a long touchdown play, it's a scoring play, seeing him, you know, trailing the wide receiver by 10 yards, looking back at the safety, everyone's looking at each other, holding up their hands with their palms up in the air, like, what's going on? And you think, yeah, maybe that is partly safety. Maybe it's it's on Witherspoon, but yeah. it's such a bad look. And I think you know, that that I, I, I stays pointed with fans. it out. Yeah. You know, I, I pointed it out immediately because as soon as I saw, I was at the game, so I didn't, I couldn't see exactly what happened th- there. But when I when I was watching on TV, I said, "Oh, that's that's two man. He's supposed to have a safety over top." <laughs> as soon as I saw how he was playing, I said, "Man, he played that like it was two man." And then I looked and I saw the safety uh, Exum clapping, trying to tell the other safety to get back. Um, who was supposed to have his deep half, and then and the other safety just, um, I think it was uh, Jimmy Ward. I, Ward. I don't know yeah. if he was just confused. If you look at it, it, it what he did wasn't even, um, it, he was double teaming a tight end. Like So if you look at that play again, you'll see two DBs pressing the tight end at the line of scrimmage, which 49ers never do. I have no idea what he was thinking. But, yeah, some of those things to me I just look at and it's like, well, it's obvious there's supposed to be a safety right there. You have safety help. And, and when you're in two-man, you're in, in a trail to take away anything underneath and you're supposed to have a safety over top. That's how the defense is designed. But if there's no safety over top, it, it's an easy touchdown. And, and that's just how the defense is set up. So um, when I saw things like that, I saw some certain things like that. And uh, some of the other, you know, the 75-yard touchdown against the uh, Arizona Cardinals where – your middle hole safety, he did what he was supposed to do. He forced, he, uh, Akello forced this, the receiver inside. He had outside leverage. That's great. Well, the safety vacated the middle of the field, crashing down on the crosser by Larry Fitzgerald that was already doubled by Sherman and Foster and left the whole middle of the field open. And, you know, obviously it makes Akello look bad, but I'm like, that's not Akello's fault. Like, that's the damn safety. So, you know, but the fans are just like, no, that's him. He should just know. He should just be there. And it's like, man, if everybody just does their job, they'd be fine. So I think better safety play, I think you'd see uh, a better Akello Witherspoon. I guess that's why Bill Belichick has the moniker. Uh, it goes, goes, you know, has the saying, do your job, because uh, that's pretty Do important. That's pretty darn important. Um, what's that like for you as a player? Did you ever have those kind of plays where you're like, either you were the player who didn't get a call, or maybe there was a change in calls, or maybe you were doing the wrong thing, or you were expecting something else? Like, How does that work for you as a player when you're lined up and you think one thing's happening, and you turn around and you're like, oh man, I got no safety help over the top. What's going on? Yeah, um, there have been times where I was kind of left out to dry, and a lot of times, especially if it's early in the game, you kind of just say, hey, you know, this ha- you, you'll pull your guy aside like, hey, like this happened. Hey, next time, just be there. Or, you know, we communicate this or that. I think the issue with the 49ers was like these things happen time and time again. And for someone like Akela Witherspoon, who's getting bad, like I wasn't getting bashed on social media or people writing articles <laughs> on me every time I messed up. So, you know, it's a lot different, right. you know, with my confidence where with Akela, anytime, you know, he gives up anything Oh, it's going in blogs, it's going on Twitter, you know, it's thousands of fans saying this guy sucks. So I couldn't even imagine what he would feel like when something like that happens. And it's like, man, it's not my fault. But now I have thousands, a whole fan base saying I shouldn't be on the field. Real quick to wrap up, Akella Witherspoon and sort of your thoughts on him going forward, just from, you know, take the mental stuff out of it and how the defense played together and, and the continuity there and sort of, uh, you know, how consistent they all played together. Just him as a player, how have you liked his progression when you've seen him just straight man up on a guy and seeing his physical abilities with his length? And, and I really like his feet with his size and length. Um, I think he's a little, each year he's gotten a little bit bigger. I think he looked a little bit bigger this spring too. Um, where do you see him as a player and, and how do you like him as a potential just 
flat out starter, right cornerback there for the 49ers long term. Yeah, I, I like him as, as a starter. Um, you know, I uh, like I said, I don't I don't view him as just like this um, CB one who I'd have follow guys around. So I don't view him in that light. But as far as just, you know, I have a solid starting cornerback, kind of like, you know, Byron Maxwell when he was on the Seahawks, right? Yeah, Richard Sherman on one side. Yeah, Maxwell on the other side. And, you know, Maxwell just did his job, right? It wasn't flashy. He wasn't making a ton of plays. But, you know, he wasn't the issue in the defense. And I think that's what I'm looking for with with uh, Witherspoon is, you know, just have a season where you're not the issue. And, and that's kind of what right. I expect from him. Not like big things, like like not like a – Pro Bowl, I think he has that type of talent, but he hasn't shown to be that guy. But I think, um, you know, just just don't be the reason we lose. Yeah, and just like Maxwell and just like it was last year with the 49ers, whoever's on the opposite side of Sherman is going to get targeted. So you got to be up right. for that and you got to be mentally prepared for that and you're going to get beaten. You know, it's going to be tough. Speaking of Sherman, how much do you think his performance last year was based on just the ability for teams to go to the other side and not have to worry about him? Was he shutting people down because of reputation more than ability? You know, I, I think that there were times where you could just clearly see, like, man, this guy knows how to play the game with his mind. Um, and he would run routes for receivers oftentimes. Um, where I saw an issue with Sherman was just the pure athletic play. You know, uh, 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 you know, he, he seemed to definitely have lost a step. We saw, you know, training camp or, you know, OTA videos of yeah, him, you know, yeah. getting ran off on by receivers. Marquise Goodwin, who's a blazer anyways. But... What, what I saw from Sherman just on a regular was he can't really run. Now, maybe that'll change because, you know, he's uh, now what, over a year removed from that Achilles injury. But I, I he wasn't a, a blazer before. And now he just looks like he really can't run. So I'm anxious to see, like, how does he look? Because I thought if teams did target him more, I thought they he would have been more successful. Um, and the teams that did target him, uh, you know, we saw the Broncos. Tim Patrick had a career day against Sherman. Um, you know, Mike Evans just just ran straight, you know, ran right by him. And if it weren't for uh, James Winston kind of throwing the ball that led Evans out of bounds, that's a 60-yard touchdown, like easily, like like not even contested or anything. So um, I'm, I'm anxious to see – how does he look this year? Can he run? And if he can't, do they do some things to help him? Maybe more of a too high look, which I've heard they might be getting into. So we'll definitely see. But he, I didn't see that guy last year. And if I were, you know, the 49ers, or a fan like I am, um, I'd be more worried about Sherman than Akella Witherspoon. Just because of the athletic ability, looks like it's kind of declining. Yeah, and that if that falls off a cliff, then you're in trouble. Even you know, even if he's a really smart player, and he's talked about moving to safety, and I don't know if he's even athletic enough to play safety. I think I like him better being a cover three corner than I would at safety with the way he he moves. And first of all, it's unfair one on ones at training camp or OTAs or whatever, and you've got Sherman and Marquise Goodwin. Like you can throw that rep out. And that's like that's not even fair watching him run by him. But yeah, I saw you saw like a step slow, a couple steps slow even, and hopefully he gets one of those steps back coming off of that. Uh, that Achilles injury that he was dealing with last year, and there's an opportunity for him to get blown by. On, on any given play, somebody can just run right by him. Um, you know, I, I heard in OTAs he, you know, was getting ran by by Kendrick Bourne, who ran a 4-7. So, you know, it, it's a little worrisome because I, I, I do think that he has lost a couple steps, and for somebody who already wasn't fast to lose a couple steps, that's not necessarily good. All right, let's get into the rest of this cornerback roster and then talk a little bit about the safeties as well. And there's multiple players, actually, that might be able to go both ways for the 49ers. 
Guys, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra something, that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, BlueChew.com. That's like blue, the color blue, and chew like you chew it. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Kwan Williams, I don't think he gets enough credit for how good he's played as a, a pure slot cornerback. And I don't know that Jason Verrett, if he's healthy, if it's a situation where Verrett automatically is going to get those snaps inside, uh, how do you see Verrett fitting in with Kwan Williams? And what do you expect from him? Might he take either Witherspoon's job or Williams' job? Yeah, so Williams, I mean, he he's a tremendous slot, in my opinion. I think sometimes he got hung out to dry by a lack of pass rush. So sometimes where he would be covering a certain zone, um, with the lack of pass rush, that zone would expand and, you know, routes would develop downfield and he'd get caught in between uh, routes and it was a lose-lose situation. Saw that happen with the Vikings, saw that happen with the Lions. Um, it, it just happened several times. Where I think he excels definitely is he's a solid man-to-man guy, not great, um, but anything, especially in his zone, I'd say eight yards and in, he's tremendous, especially against the run. And I think that's what separates him from guys like Jason Verrett, who might be, Verrett might just be more of a pure cover guy that can definitely line up in the slot, where Quan Williams also gives you that, um, you know, he, he's good against the run as well. So, um, I mean, I, if you can go back and watch, I'll post clips of it where he threw Cooper Cup to the ground and then made a tackle. Like, he, he's just relentless down there. I think it definitely gets overshadowed, like, Really because the 49ers defense as a whole didn't play well. But, um, yeah, Kawhi Williams, I I, I really like him. I, um, and as far as uh, Jason Verrett, we don't know what he's going to be when he was really good. I mean, elite corner. But that was three years ago. And since then, he's had a bunch of injuries. And not just the injuries, but he's 28 years old now. So what would he be? What will he be this year? I, I don't know. But if he's the Verrett that we saw a few years ago, obviously he's a CB1. And... If I were the 49ers, which you can't do, I would be looking for him to play, replace Sherman more than Akello. Um, But you can't. I don't think <laughs> yeah. they do that unless they just see, okay, this guy Sherman can't play at all, which I, I, right. I don't think would be the case. So, um, yeah, I, I, the competition is between him and uh, Akello Witherspoon. And I, I'm really excited to kind of go to training camp and, and, and see how that whole thing plays out. Yeah, and there's potentially a lot of depth there. And, they, you know, you would need – Akella Witherspoon to be consistent, take that next next step as a player. You would need Richard Sherman to not decline for sure athletically and maybe even have a little extra juice uh, after uh, being fully healed from that injury now. And he says he's feeling better. And then you got Williams and you got Verrett in the slot. And then you've still got uh, Reed, who was a rookie last year, played pretty well 
and they, they had him playing free safety. I like him better, actually, as a slot corner than a free safety. So uh, they have a lot of coverage there in the slot, which I think is a good problem to have for the 49ers. And really anything Jason Verrett gives you at this point for me is kind of a bonus with all the injuries he's had. And, and his calling card is quick twitch athleticism. And that, that's what he's always been. And so uh, we saw with Sherman, an Achilles can really just sap that athleticism. So we'll see what he is and, and see if he can be healthy look like the old guy, and then remain healthy if he is healthy. So that's a lot of ifs when it comes to Jason Verrett. Let's move on to the safety position here. And I think the most interesting move, and maybe the the biggest move in the offseason, was the fact that Jimmy Ward got hurt, which is not so much of a surprise, but they've moved Tarverius Moore now from corner to safety, which I think is probably his better spot, mostly because that's what I've seen him play more. And I know you and I broke him down a little bit uh, post-draft because... Uh, it was uh, they played a lot of cover four at Missouri when Tarverius Moore was there, so you didn't get to see him range as much as a single high safety. But the athleticism is awesome, is uh, is obvious. Uh, he's not afraid to go up and hit guys, and I think they might have something there. So I'm kind of intrigued by Moore. How do you like the free safety? Would you have Ward out there uh, if he is healthy? You know, it is really t- tough, and I think that's the biggest question mark of the team. Um, ideally, you would like Cobert to kind of look a little bit more like what he looked like, you know, at the end of his rookie year, where you know he was flying around and making plays and separating receivers from the ball. Like that was something really exciting to see. Where he's like, man, this is some really good single high safety film. Um, we didn't see that last year. We didn't see him make plays on the ball. I, I sometimes you didn't even notice him um, that he was out there. So. I, I don't know what to think about Colbert. I think ideally you would like him there. But if not, you know, okay, there's Ward, um, there's Tart. Uh, I, I think Ward is very talented, and, and I, I see what they like in him. Um, very versatile. You could do different things with him. I, I would like him more in a third safety type role um, as more of a cover guy than like a deep third guy. But, um, you know, like a dying situation, you can have him on the field. I'm, I'm anxious to see what they do with him, but – and then you go to Tarverius Moore, where, you know, you had me on the podcast, and I was like, well, you know, to me, he just looks like a safety playing corner, which, which he was. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's like, yeah, I think he needs to be playing safety um, just with his movement skills. Definitely very athletic. And, and from, you know, what you read about from OTAs, it sounds like he made some plays um, at the safety position. Um, it, it's just a crowded spot, and it's kind of weird because it's not crowded where you're confident but it's just crowded (laughs) with bodies so you kind of see you have to see like how is he going to get reps you know is it going to benefit him are they going to roll out in training camp and hey maybe ward is out there and you know you have ward starting then Colbert, and then more get the third string reps that that's that's going to be tough um i'm anxious to see how it all plays out I, i think Ideally, you want Colbert to be that guy, and if it can't be Colbert, then let's see Tarverius more. Because I, I heard his 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 uh, coach last year when the 49ers drafted him, and he was talking about how tremendous of a single high safety he would be. And I remember, I think it was Joe Fan who said, "Well, no, they're they're playing him at corner," and the coach just couldn't understand why the 49ers <laughs> would even do that. He, he was so confused. Like, why, why would they put him there? Like, you, you could just hear the confusion. He's like, well, uh, you know, I, I, I think he'll do well. He's a hard worker. But he said, you know, I think his best suit, where he's best suited is that single high safety role. I think he'll be a playmaker. So um, the 49ers might have the guy there is just getting him on the field. Right. And with Moore and with Colbert, you just kind of, you, you cross your fingers. You don't really know what you're going to get. And to me, it sounds like, the 49ers love Jimmy Ward. They want him to be the starting free safety. But to me, you can't count on Jimmy Ward. And so I wouldn't want to have him be 
uh, even if he's getting back to health now, I wouldn't want him taking all the reps as the number one free safety in camp and then get banged up again just for continuity's sake, because I would hope that one of those other guys looks at least as good as Ward or as capable as Ward with potential to be better long-term, and basically the tie goes to either Moore or Colbert. So if they're close to as good as Ward now, I would leave them in there as the starter just for continuity's sake, because I wouldn't want Ward going in and out of the lineup with his, his injury history. Right, and I like, and I think one spot we kind of overlooked is Tart. Tart is very talented. Um, I think some of these guys, sometimes when you get into a situation where you're just consistently losing and you and and you uh, are in a situation where you kind of don't expect to win, even though you're fighting hard, it's kind of hard to prepare. I've been in that type of situation where it's like, man, we, we're losing. And some of the things that you do to be good, you kind of, you know, each week stop doing, you know, a few of those things. And by the end of the season, it's just like, man, I'm not doing anything that I was doing to prepare compared to when you're winning man, you're firing all cylinders. You're doing extra work after practice, before practice. And I, I think the 49ers just need to get off to a good start. And I think you'd see the just the morale of the entire defense, the entire um, offense, the team in general, just all collectively play better. More with Eric Crocker coming up. We've got to get into some of the players here on the roster bubble. Looking at the numbers game here with the 49ers and when they break camp with their 53-man roster, last year they kept 10 players in the secondary. And it's funny because I'm looking at the 2018 list and how they're listed. They had six cornerbacks and four safeties. But now one of those safeties is playing more cornerback and two of those cornerbacks are playing safety because they've got Ward and Moore listed as cornerback here when they broke camp. So I think that's pretty interesting. But um, again, 10 guys, I think it's pretty obvious right now. We just went over most of the safeties. We didn't mention Marcel Harris, but I think he deserves a a plug because he played okay coming out as a rookie last year once he got healthy. But I think Tart is obviously going to be the starter at strong safety if he's healthy unless they need Tart to play free safety after all. And we've seen him be able to do that. And he's Tart's a pretty unique guy with how big and how athletic and how rangy he is. And uh, again, another player that if he could stay healthy and get on the field and they might be able to build some continuity there and have a, a really good player, but you just don't know. So there's a, a lot of what ifs and a lot of like uh, uncertainty with the 49ers secondary, but just looking at the players and the numbers game here. I think, obviously, at cornerback, Sherman's safe, Witherspoon's safe, Jason Verrett, if healthy, will definitely be on the roster and on the field a lot. Kewan Williams, I don't see any reason why you would cut him at this point. We talked about how good he's played as a slot corner. Then you have DJ Reed. That's five corners. And then the rookie, Tim Harris. How do you see Tim Harris? Do you like what you saw on tape there? I haven't really talked a lot about Tim Harris since the draft, and uh, I wanted to wait to have you on to break down what you saw from him because I know you did the work on Harris and his uh, his time at Virginia. Again, an injury-filled career. Yeah, and, and I think he, if I'm not mistaken, was injured again with the 49ers. So um, with, with Tim Harris, when I was watching him, I, I, I saw someone that just kind of, how do I explain it? He... he I think he was like a blend of, you know, I talked about Akilah Witherspoon. I talked about um, uh, Tarverius Moore, their movement skills, right? Where Witherspoon, you can tell that's a cornerback. Moore, you could tell, like, ah, that's a safety. I think Harris was kind of somewhat in between, you know? Uh oh. Uh, a guy that I really did like that I think isn't talked about enough is uh, Mosley, Emmanuel Mosley, yeah. who I, if I had to guess, I would say Mosley might make it over. Harris. Okay. Um, and I guess I don't know if that's a hot take or whatever. No, but I like it. That's spicy. Um, yeah, I, I, I like him. You know, if he just continues to progress, you know, the moment, uh, you know, he was activated, but then like broke his 
broke something um, in that game. But, um, yeah, Mosley, I, I, that's the one I like. He can play outside. He can play in the slot. They played them both. Uh, I know in the preseason with the third group, he started outside. And in nickel situations, he would slide inside. So just somebody with that type of versatility, that type of cover skills, that type of athleticism, um, I really like him. Really nice movement skills. Um, I didn't care as much for what I saw from Harris. And I got to give you props because you called it last offseason watching undrafted rookies Emmanuel Mosley and McFadden. And you're like, oh, Mosley's way better than McFadden because McFadden's the guy that came in with all the fanfare and he had all the picks in college. But it was Mosley is the guy that stuck. So uh, you definitely had an eye for that talent and you were right on there. Tim Harris is an interesting one because he's also older because he's been in college for, what, six years because of those injuries and he had an extra year. And he's actually the same recruiting class out of high school as... The strong-armed quarterback, second-round pick. Um, From Penn State? Yes, uh, Hackenberg, Christian Hackenberg. Yeah. So Christian Hackenberg's already had an NFL career and bounced out of the league, and they were in the same recruiting class out of high school, so that's the age <laughs> of Tim Harris. Tim Harris, not as old, though. He wasn't the oldest draft pick. I, as a 24-year-old, it's a pretty old draft pick, but he wasn't even as old as Mitch Wisnowski, who was a, a 27-year-old as a punter, which is just interesting. The 49ers drafting a couple of older prospects, but uh, the bottom you know, of the roster— and Debo Samuel as well. They're both like 23 years old. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because Hurd, obviously, I think he had a, a redshirt year. Did he have a redshirt year and then the transfer year on top of it? Because I think he I had think another his year. transfer year was his redshirt year. Okay, because I think he still even had another year of eligibility, too, if he wanted it. But, yeah, so if the 49ers did take a sixth cornerback, I think that's the battle. It's between Mosley and Harris. And I just, at this point, I don't think Greg Maben and... Dante Johnson, uh, I, I think they're more insurance than anything at this point. It'd be tough for me to see either one of them making the roster. Do you agree? Right, yeah, I agree. And then also, I got to mention, it's just because I got to mention everybody who's in camp, there's an undrafted rookie that, forget who the player was, somebody on the 49ers, a veteran, called out undrafted rookie Alex Brown, who comes from South Carolina State, and said he looks really good in camp. I don't remember who said that, but uh, that's, you know, kind of eye-opening there. Do you have any yeah, I look, I takes on I actually found a little bit on him, and... Um, I couldn't tell when I was watching. It's like, hey, he doesn't look small. But then when you look at his size, he's kind of listed as small. But he looked like somebody that can play outside corner, even though he's only like 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, kind of, you know, if you kind of look at Jason Verrett. Not saying he's Verrett at all. I'm not saying that. Right. But um, just someone that's smaller but still has the ability to play, you know, outside corner. Um, yeah, I, I really liked what I saw from him. Very small sample size. Um, I heard he made a few plays during rookie minicamp. Uh, yeah, I, th- those are guys that I really would like to see, and um, especially in person, and kind of just see what they do with the reps that they get. Because Greg Maven, I'm definitely tired of seeing him. Um, I'm glad there's no more Tyvis Powell. <laughs> I didn't. I was tired of seeing him. Uh, but yeah, some of these younger guys, it'd be nice to kind of see some some young, enthusiastic corners. Yeah, I mean, it's nice. Filter them through, give them their shot, let them see what they got, you know, and then and then and then bring some more young blood in and and let those guys compete. So you know, Alex Brown, I think, and Mosley once again, probably good candidates for the practice squad if they don't make the 53-man roster. And then looking at safeties here, you could take four, you could take five. I think the fact that Tarvarius Moore has moved to safety now, I think it's pretty obvious who who the safeties that are going to break camp are. When you have Tart, you have Ward, you have Colbert, you have Moore, and then you have Marcel Harris. That's five already, so it's going to be difficult for Anton Exum, who did an okay job filling in. I know you, you called him out there for missing that one assignment on that uh, long touchdown pass that, that most people blamed on. Akella Witherspoon, but... Uh, no, it was Ward. It was Ward. That, oh, was it Ward on that it was one? Exum. Exum was in the middle. Like, he was on the far hash, and he was clapping. He was telling trying to tell Ward, Ward, hey, to get Ward you need okay. to get back, and Ward never saw him. 
All right, so scratch that. It's Exum that's going to make the roster, yeah. and Ward's going to get cut then, right? <laughs> well, actually, you know, if I had to guess, Exum was kind of versatile. He, he wasn't, like, the best guy, but he was able to actually play out there mm-hmm. and not make as much mistakes. He did whiff on some tackles. Uh, he gave up a – he whiffed on a, a touchdown against the, the Seahawks. And I'm like, man, I don't know if it's because – like uh, previously he had a big hit where he's getting fined and they're taking all his money. And it's like, yeah. okay, is that in his head? Is that why he missed? Cause it was like immediately after that, I would say Exum might have a better chance of making it than Marcel Harris. And I know that's not like the politically correct thing to say, you know, because the fans really like Marcel Harris, but I think Exum uh, might be somebody that they possibly keep around even more so than Harris. So I- I'll be interested to see how that whole thing works out. Yeah, so that could be that could be quite a battle then at the end of uh, at the end of the roster at safety for camp because Marcel Harris, Anton Exum, uh, I don't think Tyree Robinson, who's the last guy on the list here, has a really great shot. He's a, sort of a combo cornerback safety in college. Yeah, um, play a lot of corner at uh, Oregon. Yeah, and one thing I hope they don't do is do the thing where they bounce. Tarverius more back and forth because they see that numbers crunch and they're like, well, we've got, you know, four healthy safeties all of a sudden now, uh, four or five healthy safeties aside from more. So let's keep more on the roster, but we'll, we'll put them at corner and we'll play them at both. I don't want them to do that. We saw how it worked with Jimmy Warden. I think that hurt Jimmy Ward's career on top of the injuries. I want to see Tarverius more play safety and that's it and see how good he can be there. Yeah, no, that definitely really affects guys and just kind of how you prepare um, from week to week, you know, moving guys around. It's good to have some versatility, but not if it's going to take me away from a position where I really need to be focusing at. So even you see guys like uh, DJ Reed, I don't think we've seen the best of DJ, DJ Reed, but it would be nice to allow DJ Reed to kind of focus on a specific position instead of saying, hey, you play, you might play safety, you might play corner, learn both. Yep. But when you're preparing for it, I mean, those Two positions have a different type of footwork, um, different zone drops, uh, you know, coming down, different man. You're playing more in space and safety. So those, those things are totally different. So to prepare for both at one time during the week, you're not maximizing your potential at one position. Okay, we're out of time here. As usual, always go long talking with Eric. We did get into wide receivers, so we're going to save that conversation for after the weekend. And hopefully after the weekend, we're going to have uh, more information on the signing of a rookie wide receiver in Debo Samuel and, of course, Nick Bosa. And if not, we will officially be into holdout watch. And we'll have a ton of information on the opening practices over the weekend after players report today, have their physicals Friday. So happy training camp, everybody. Follow Eric at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. Make sure you check out his press coverage podcast. Be back with you guys Monday right here on Locked On 49ers.